Hey everyone, welcome back to Not Another Wellness Podcast. Thanks for coming back. And I'm continuing today to talk a little about Bridger's birth story slash early days of life. And if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I did one that covered the labor and delivery process and then a second episode that talked about the first 24, 48 hours of life. And I'm just going to keep it going to kind of give you some ideas of what to expect if you're expecting and share some of the things that really worked for us. Um, all right. So in an attempt not to totally um, repeat what I said in the last episode, I'm just going to start from when Bridger is one day old. So we had... Um, C-section, everything went well, and we are in, we've been wheeled into the recovery room. We've met with the pediatrician. We've attempted to breastfeed, however, because of the swollenness of Bridger's face. We had some trouble with that. So I think in the first couple days, I saw a dozen different people. I saw different lactation consultants that worked at the hospital. We saw a member of the pediatric, I want to say they're like a physical therapy group because he had come out a little crooked and um, he couldn't turn his head to his left side. So he was laying with his head facing to the right side and he wasn't really able to turn it the other way. So as I'm actually looking back through newborn pictures, you can see that very clearly. He is tilted to the right in every photo and they had a team come in and work with him to make sure what they call, what this is called is um, torticollis and to make sure he, the muscles in his neck were okay and he didn't have any other physical um, impact, I guess, from his position in the womb that caused him to basically be stuck and then basically not be able to turn his head to the side or open his eyes or latch. So those first couple of days just felt like we were kind of holding our breath. And then they come in and do a hearing test within the first 24 hours of his life and Bridger failed the first test. So it just felt like the, everything was going wrong. And I know looking back, it's like, no, nothing was wrong at all. These were all just things that they were monitoring based on the birth and the delivery and me. And so nothing was actually wrong, but I felt all this panic, like, oh my gosh, He's never going to be able to turn his head. His eyes are never going to fully open. He's never going to hear. Um, I'm going to have to learn sign language. All these things were like running through your head. Um, and and he was fine. He ended up, they, they brought him in for a more intensive hearing test and he passed that one. So everything was fine. And then he started to open his eyes. He started to kind of figure out how to latch. Um the only thing that was a constant <laughs> was that my blood pressure was still sky high. Um, they were still keeping an eye on me and taking my blood pressure constantly because it wasn't going back down like they said it would. But now I kind of come to find out that that's actually pretty common. The body just doesn't go back, right? I think I talked about that in the last episode. You don't have a baby and then look the same and your body doesn't look or feel the same. There's no going back. Um, I looked very pregnant in these early couple of days and my blood pressure was still high because my body was still 
kind of processing everything that happened. And then I just had a major surgery too. So it actually makes sense to me why my body was kind of stressed out. So we, um, can't be discharged until me, I am in a good place. So Bridger gets the okay from the pediatrician, um, Tuesday. And so we got to the hospital Thursday. So now we've done, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're labor Sunday morning had Bridger. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we're still at the hospital, (laughs) which is crazy. I've never spent a night over at the hospital and I ended up spending six, um, So we had extra time to work on things, work on his latch, um, try and get my blood pressure to go down and eventually did. Wednesday morning, we're discharged. We do that thing that feels crazy. We put our tiny screaming baby into a car seat that we've never used before. We carry him out of the hospital. I'm wheeled out of the hospital and I'm walking very, very slow, (laughs) like, like post-surgery, um, And Adam pulls the car up and we get into the car and we drive the less than mile it is back to our house, like probably at a snail's pace. I would say we went like 10 miles an hour the whole time. Not only are you freaking out that you have a baby in the car that you're responsible for and it's the first time you have that realization that you're totally on your own with him, it also really hurts to drive in a car after C-section. I couldn't wear a seatbelt. I probably could have figured out a way to do it, but the lap belt of the seatbelt is right where the incision was, so I couldn't comfortably do it and um, wasn't clear to drive for the next six weeks, so just in general, I was like, Adam, go slow, because every bump, it felt like my insides were being like ripped out of me, so that was fun, and we walked home, and the feeling of finally being home almost a week after leaving for the hospital was just like pure bliss, honestly. The house just felt so serene and it smelled like home and we were just, oh my God, so relieved. However, I was in so much pain. Um, I'd been taking Tylenol and Advil, which is a pretty common dose of medicine to give a, a mom after she's given birth. However, because of, I don't know, my low pain tolerance or just the fact that I had a major surgery three days before, I was also taking, um... I think it was like oxycodone. It was a very low dose. And I felt so mixed about this, you guys. I was like needing it so badly because to even try and get up and off the couch and stand up took me about five minutes. And so to be in that much pain at the same time, the the medicine just kind of took the edge off. But I was so concerned of what it was doing to my body or Bridger. But I think you get into these situations where you have to choose what's best for everybody and what's best for you, even if it feels a little scary. And if the doctor is giving you this medicine and the doctor knows you're nursing, I just had to trust that it was going to be okay. And that I wasn't going to be like giving my baby narcotics through my breast milk. Um, yeah. So we get home, we start nursing around the clock. They told us to wake up Bridger every two hours, I want to say. So at this point, I'm triple feeding, which is just like you start off, you kind of wake baby up and bring him to your boob, have him nurse on both sides if you can. And then you have to burp him. So you hold the baby kind of up to your shoulder and pat hit their back. And then they do this really loud burp, um, which is really important for them because they can't do it on their own when they're this young. And then you have to, well, in my case, I pumped afterwards 
because it wasn't, we weren't sure if Bridger was getting enough. So we wanted to pump whatever milk we could out, make sure my supply was staying high. And then we'd feed him a little bit of a bottle at the end of each feed. And then I would pump for like, just to get the spare. So I was, they call it triple feeding because it's like nursing, bottle feeding, and then pumping. So your boobs are like getting nursed three times and then you go back to sleep and then the timer goes off again. Like it, the whole process probably takes like 40 minutes, 45 minutes to get him back down. And then you're sleeping for like an hour and then you wake up and do it all again. And it's just hard. It's, I was so sleep deprived being in the hospital. They wake you up kind of around the clock for medicine, to check your blood pressure, to do blood draws, check the baby. So you're not sleeping a lot. And by this time, it had been a week of pretty much not sleeping. So we were just really struggling in the first couple of days. I mean, you have this thing also called baby blues where your hormones kind of go through this like huge flush, um, trying to get your body back to normal. And so it's really common to just spend hours crying or, and you could be crying of happiness or sadness or whatever. It just is a wave of emotions to the mom as her body tries to go back to normal. And so I, a lot of those early days, I just was spent crying and Adam was really sleep deprived too. And there was one night in the hospital where we were both just crying to each other, just like couldn't believe what we'd gone through and just felt really overwhelmed by everything that was happening. This was also the next day was Thanksgiving and Adam's family had driven out to see us and we thought I would still be pregnant because everyone and their mother told me I would be late. Um, but I was just in such rough shape and, um, it ended up that Adam just spent Thanksgiving with his family and brought me back leftovers. And like, I, I could barely get up off the couch. I wasn't sleeping more than like an hour at a time. Bridger wasn't, was doing okay, but he was definitely waking a ton, um, and starting to just be really fussy. So this is when I just ended up wrapping him in a, a soft wrap. Um, one brand is called like Moby or Solly baby, of just a long sheet of fabric you can wrap your baby to your body and they really like that because what you want to do in those first um days months is create a womb-like environment to help your baby transition from being in your actual womb to being on the other side so that's like swaddling your baby rocking them wearing them keeping them close a lot of skin to skin so they suggest that for mom and dad to take off your shirt and have your baby just in the diaper and wrap him up around you so that his um, skin is feeling the warmth of your skin. It just helps with bonding and all kinds of like hormone releases and regulating baby's heartbeat and body temperature and all kinds of things. So those first days, they really recommend to just, yeah, rock your baby, wrap your baby up in a swaddle to just keep them feeling like they're in the womb. I played a time, I played a sound machine <laughs> for pretty much the first week on repeat. The sound machine actually replicates a lot of the internal sounds that baby's hearing when they're in the, in your body. So you, you just basically do whatever you can to make the baby feel comfortable because they're going through a huge transition as you are and you just want to keep everyone, everyone going. Um, the biggest thing that helped us was that my sister-in-law had set up something called a meal train for us. A meal train is where you announce that you're having a baby and people in your community or people outside can send gift cards to restaurants or drop off homemade food or drop off takeout. And this was huge. Um, we had like three weeks of meals 
thanks to our friends and families. If you're listening and you were someone that contributed, this was huge. Like the fact that we were new parents and hadn't slept in a week and I'm trying to nurse and just like, we just didn't have the mental capacity to like cook, you know? And they tell you before to put a bunch of meals in your freezer and get frozen stuff, but there's really nothing like someone dropping off a warm meal. And we got the best food, like just incredible stuff dropped off to us. And we would take a picture of us eating it every night together. Ridger would usually be in a wrap on one of us while we're eating. Um, it just made such a big difference to have that moment to ourselves um, and have dinner for ourselves from our community. We just felt so loved and held. And I really recommend that. If you want to find a way to show up for a new mom or new parents and you can drop off a meal that you know is like allergy friendly to them and you can do that and don't expect to stay. I think that's the other thing. Um, just drop off the food and plan a visit for when the baby's older and when things are a little smoothed over, um, unless the guest fully invites you in and, and really wants you to stay. Like we did not want visitors in that first week or three, three weeks, really. We had a few people come and stay and that felt good, but there was just, we had so much to get used to and we were so out of it and so delirious. We even had some friends say like we, they would drop off food and we would just be standing there like zoned out, like kind of giggling to ourselves. And so yeah, drop off the food. Don't stay. (laughs) Don't ever say you're welcome. Um, these are things I didn't know prior, but really helped, um, when it comes to setting boundaries for us, it just made a lot of sense. Anyway, I think it was that first week after a week about staying inside, we went for our first walk. Um, it was very slow. I was in a lot of pain. I don't want to make this too much about my pain, but, um, I think it's just coupled with not sleeping at all that I was really struggling to heal and I couldn't get up off the couch. I couldn't sleep in a bed for the first week. I slept on the couch like upright. I couldn't like get up. Like I can't describe like when they cut through your abdomen, which is such a core part of um, your body, it just, it affected everything. And it was just really, really uncomfortable. So we went for our first like walks as a family and I just never will forget the first time pushing a stroller. It just feels so weird. You're like, whoa, wait, (laughs) this is my baby that I'm pushing, you know, like, yeah, just such a bizarre feeling. And, you know, the weeks went on and we slowly kind of got used to having this baby, but it just felt like it wasn't getting any easier as the weeks went on. And I really let, um, what's the word? I laid on, no, (laughs) I leaned on, I leaned on the other moms that I knew. And I really reached out to them and asked them for help when Bridger wouldn't stop crying just for things that worked. Like some mom would say, you know, turn on the the dryer and that can soothe the cummy, a fussy baby, take a walk outside. Um, it was hard. It was really hard and really lonely. And we, I'll just speak for myself. I just had this feeling of like, what did we do? <laughs> like, what did we get ourselves into? This is not how I thought this would be. I thought I'd have like a calm baby who just slept all the time. And Bridger, like just really wouldn't sleep anywhere. At about five weeks, my parents came to visit to meet him for the first time. And my mom 
was joking that she could soothe any baby in her experience, you know, like she would pick up a baby and would come up with one way to keep it calm. But Bridger was her hardest student. (laughs) He just, you know, had, he'd struggled. He had colic, which is just like gassy, which is pretty common for like all babies. He didn't like to be put down at all. My dad and mom went out and got him a little swing and he like kind of like that. But for the most part, we just had to wear him for the first like six weeks. And it, that takes a big toll, especially when you're trying to heal and like get yourself back together, but then not being able to, because you can't put your baby down. It just felt like, um, a really abrupt transition and just not at all how I thought things were going to go. And that's kind of the thing. Like people always say nothing will ever prepare you for this. And I, I agree. I don't think anything will prepare you for what it's like to actually have this baby in your arms that you've been growing in your body to see them on the outside. Some people have a rush of hormones when they deliver specifically vaginally that they feel this closeness and bond. And that's like what nature intended. I would just say that I didn't have that bonding experience with Bridger right away. I think because of the nature of how he was born, I struggled to feel like he was my baby. (laughs) I felt like I was babysitting a baby or someone just handed me a baby and said, here you go. And uh, I just, that was really hard. Like I just didn't expect to not feel bonded with him. And it made me really sad. And I just kind of wanted things to go by quickly. I just wanted it to get easier And most of the moms I talked to said, you know, like four months, five months is when it gets easier. And when you're like five weeks in, it just feels like that will never come and it will never be. And you'll never have an experience where you feel bonded with your baby and you'll never feel like it's easy. And now that we're nine months out, I can say that the time has come. I do feel bonded with Bridger. But I think I've had to do a lot of healing to get over how things happened. Um, I've been working with a therapist for the last five months or so. I am a part of a mom support group, which I highly, highly recommend finding. They're everywhere. I mean, Google mom, new moms group in your area. They have them virtually now because of COVID for the most part, but maybe you can find one in person and just having that place to go and show up every week and say, hi, my name is Natalie. My baby is named Bridger and he is X amount of months or weeks old. And just being able to share with them the things you're going through and hear some of the other similar struggles that moms are going through or hear a struggle that you probably will face in the future. It helps make your world feel less small. It helps make you feel less lonely. And um, it just really helps with uh, the transition to to know and find other moms who have been through what you've gone through or understand that it's so hard sometimes. It's like so hard sometimes. I just want to say that because I think we're so used to the highlight reel and seeing the picture of the baby wrapped up in the hospital bassinet and um, captions that say, never felt a love like this before or heart exploding babies here and 
why, while that is true, you don't get the backstory and you don't know what that baby went through to come into the world or what that mama went through to come into the world. You don't see behind the scenes what it feels like to be that sleep deprived or what it feels like to raise a baby away from your family, away from anyone who can help. And some people say that it is easy and it was easy for them. And then there's just a spectrum. There's some people, like I would say, having a baby for me was the hardest thing I've ever done. And good for me to admit that my privilege has allowed me to have a life where the hardest thing I've ever gone through was bringing a child into the world. Like good on me. Like that's, I feel very humbled by that and privileged that this is the hardest thing I've ever been through. And I think it's so relative based on the person, based on where you're raised and under what circumstances this all happens. But just know that wherever you fall on the spectrum, whatever happens to you is has happened before to somebody. It's how I like to say it. There is such a range of things that can happen and a range of emotions that you might feel and all of that is normal. And you can find a mom who has been through exactly what you've been through and understands fully and deeply what you're going through. And I want you to know that you're not alone. To know that even if your circle of friends is full of people who exclaim that having their baby was the happiest day of their lives and um, it's been butterflies and roses. And if that's how you feel, and that's awesome. But if that is your group of people, Just know that there are other people out there who might not have had the happy, positive experience that you see on social media. And I've been very careful with how I post about this because I don't want people to be scared or think I'm being a downer, but I don't want to just sugarcoat everything either. If my experience wasn't rainbows and butterflies and I've been struggling ever since, I just want someone to know and for me to know that I'm not alone and for me to share that message so that someone else who feels similarly will feel less alone because feeling alone in this world has got to be one of the most painful feelings we can feel, in my opinion. So anyways, this kind of concludes the Bridger's birth story mini-series, if you will, of three episodes. Um, And I hope there's some useful nuggets in there. It was really cathartic for me to share, and that was really my goal. But I also want to share some of the things that helped. And then in episodes to come, I want to kind of break down specific pieces, things that really made a difference in our lives as new parents so that you can feel like you have a sense of understanding when you walk into this phase of life. As always, thank you so much for listening and being here. It means so much to me. Um, And I am looking forward to bringing on some guests in the future to talk more about some of these things, some of these topics, so we can bring on some different perspectives for you. So be well. See you soon.